continuing in Second John, we're looking. We're going to be looking at verse eight this evening. But just just to get the thousand yard view of John's writings, remember in every one of John's writings, he tells the reader what the purpose is. In the gospel, according to John, many of the signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in his book, but these are written that you may know that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And believing you may have life through his name. Remember, salvation. This is, this is the salvation manual. Remember when we looked at second, or 1 John chapter 5 and verse 13, these things have I written unto you that believe in the name of the Son of God. So someone believing by the power of God, these, that book was written. That you may know you have eternal life. It's a book of assurance. The, there were contrasts. Okay, So if someone is unsettled they should either be encouraged in the word of God that indeed they do have eternal life that you may know that you have eternal life or if someone doesn't have that assurance after reading the book of 1 John they would be exposed and show that they have need of eternal life and he says and that you may believe in the name of the son of God meaning that believing you would continue living it and walking in light walking in fellowship and so on in 2 John the, the summary verses come in verses 5 and 6. And now I beseech thee, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which we had from the beginning, the, the we. Well, the, John isn't talking to someone that he dated way back in high school. He's talking about the commandment that Jesus Christ gave to his assembly in John 13, that we love one another. Remember, Jesus Christ said in John 13, a new commandment I give you. So he's reiterating that to this assembly. And this is love, that we walk after his commandments. This is the commandment, that as you have heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. So an active, an active, uh, an active salvation. Not saying that one actively acquires their salvation, but once saved, that salvation works out in the believer. Okay, so again, the letter, the gospel according to John was was a, 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 a letter to show the reader this is salvation. Okay, first John, this is assurance. If you've been saved, this is assurance. Second John, this is how you behave. Okay, you see the progression there of his writings. This evening we'll be looking at verse 8. He says, look to yourselves that we lose not those things which, ye have, which we have wrought but that we receive a full reward. Something I want to clarify at the first, and it's translation in the language. Okay? So if you look at it again, word by word, look to yourselves that we lose. That first we could be translated you. Okay? That you lose not those things which we have wrought. If you read it that way, if you read it in that literal translation, it makes sense. Meaning, John and those that love truth came to this group when they evangelized and established this church that they gave them certain things. So he says, look to yourselves that you lose not those things which we have wrought. They didn't work salvation. What he's talking about is the things that are in the first six verses, and we're going to get into that. But continue reading. But that we, or you, receive a full reward. Okay, why do I why do we make that distinction? Okay, well, it, obviously, again, we're not talking about salvation, but the we. If I say we that we are saved and we are doing this and we are doing that, what tends to happen? We we start to get into the idea of diffuse responsibility, don't we? 
that, that we lose this and, and that we receive, uh, that we might lose a reward, but we should receive a reward. Well, we can kind of get lost in a shuffle. But if you read those words, as was, I believe, originally translated, the you, John writing to you, the elect lady, look to yourselves that you lose not those things which we have wrought, but that you receive a full reward. So think about Brother Mike DeWitt, okay? He just came here and gave us very many good encouragements, didn't he? So what if he wrote us a letter and say, look, hey there, Church, Silsby, Texas, I love y'all, but look to yourselves that those things that I came and taught y'all, that you don't lose them so that you don't lose a full, that you receive your full reward. You see, you see how Brother Mike might write something like that? Not saying that John from a distant place would lose, would, could lose a reward based on, Brother Mike's not going to lose reward based on what we do here or don't do, right? So it would be inappropriate to associate a we based on personal responsibility, right? Does that make sense? Okay. So he says to them, look to yourselves, look to yourselves. In saying yourselves, the, that elect lady and her children, we understand that he's talking to that local church and, and her membership there. But that word look, it means to discern or perceive, right? To consider, to exa carefully examine, carefully weigh out. And that word yourselves, it, it also has several translations. It could be to himself, to herself, or to themselves. And, and that plays out. You can see individuals within a body, but you can also see the body. Okay, The individual... And, and Brother Adam, you can read this as personal. And Brother Lex, Brother Gary, Sister Nelda, Brother, Brother Bobby, Sister Brooke, Sister Debbie, Sister Jill, and even myself. We, we, we're to look to ourselves as responsible before God in the mirror of God's word. Look to ourselves that we, that, that I, that you lose not, not those things which have been wrought or been, been worked. Before we get into what those things would mean the individual looking if you turn over just a few pages to the book of James now we can't look to ourselves by personal experience we can't look to ourselves like what Job and his friends were doing you know with tradition and all that you know what society allows and all that kind of stuff as we look to ourselves and, and or observe or examine ourselves it has to be through divine writ it has to be through the word of God James chapter 1, verse 22. But be ye doers of the word. Well, that's doers of the word. How, how can I? This is a book. How can I do this? Well, trust in the Lord and doing what he says. That being a doer of the word. And not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. You mean if I, if I say I believe this, but I don't do it, uh, uh, I'm deceiving myself? I'm not saying that. James said that. By Holy Spirit inspiration. He said it about 2,000 years ago. For if any, if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, it, it, we can listen to all the messages we want. We can, we can be so glad about the word of God all we want. But if we, if we hear the word and not a doer, he is like unto man beholding his faith, natural face in a glass or in a mirror. For he beholdeth himself and goeth away and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. Lex might be embarrassed. There was a time where he... You know, he he looked at himself in his mirror and he think he thought he was all ready to go, and then he'd walk away, but he wasn't all ready to go. <laughs> you know, we'll just leave it at that. He didn't he didn't fully examine himself, nor did he have insight in that that looking in the mirror. 
But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, the law is not restrained. The law is liberty because the law is satisfied in Christ. Liberty. And continueth therein, not continuing in doctrine, not continuing in knowing. That's what the Gnostic does. But continuing, continuing there and being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This man shall be blessed in his deed. Look to yourselves. So examining the word of God, John is telling this elect lady to examine yourself by the word of God. Not what you know. Guess what? Satan is a pretty great theologian. He's met God personally, talked to him face to face, has this book memorized in every language. Would you say that Satan loves God? Absolutely not. You see, knowledge is not salvation. That's what John was addressing with the, with the, with the Gnostic, the person who thinks that salvation is knowledge and knowledge is salvation. What he's saying here in verse 8, look to yourselves. Are you living it? And you can't live it unto salvation. I can't stress that enough. You can't, you can't be good enough or smart enough or have this book memorized well enough. There is no good work someone can do unto salvation. We, I know that and I believe that. But salvation has an effect. And salvation having an effect, the child of God will desire to walk in truth. Verse 4, I, I re rejoice greatly that I, that I found of thy children walking in truth. Again, the, the summary verses. This is love. And this is love, verse 6, that we walk after his commandments, that we live it. Look to yourselves that you live it. Look to yourselves that you live it. That's what he's saying. As individuals, each one of us have a responsibility to look to ourselves to live it. it it's precious. It's precious that God Almighty could take a dead, disgusting, vile sinner and give them life and give them a desire that we would live it and have a desire for refinement in those things. If you look in 1 John, in verse chapter 3, 1 John chapter 3, and verse 3, and every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself. Everybody that trusts in Christ wants to be more like him, even as he is pure. So look to yourselves. It should be a desirable thing. It should be a desirable thing that the child of God would look to ourselves, examine ourselves. As David wrote, search me, O God. Know my heart. See if there be any wicked way in me. We sing that song. But is that a true thing? Not if there's a wicked thought in me, but a wicked way in me. How, how does my belief play out in my life? How precious it is that a child of God, by Holy Spirit influence, desires to, be, to purify themselves. And again, no one can purify themselves unto salvation. But having experienced salvation, we sure ought to desire to walk in light as he is light. 1 John chapter 1. It's wonderful. It's precious. You know, I... I, I I've never met a perfect person, but I enjoy being around people who enjoy desiring to be like Jesus Christ and following after him. As a group, we are, they were responsible. When he says, look to yourselves that, that you lose not those things, look to yourselves. Yes, the individual has the responsibility. I have a responsibility. You have a responsibility to look to ourselves. But as a group, they were responsible for looking to themselves and looking toward one another. 
through, again, that same lens, through, through the Word of God, that mirror. Consider, if you would, please, a familiar passage in the book of Hebrews, chapter 10. Hebrews, chapter 10. And typically we, we begin reading down a little bit further, but start reading with me in verse 19. Hebrews, chapter 10, and verse 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Having been saved and having, having boldness to, to enter in and come before God. By a new and living way. That's not us. That's his resurrection which he hath consecrated for us, set apart for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. And having an high priest over the house of God because of salvation, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. Drawing near with the heart, yes. Having our hearts sprinkled or bathed from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. You see that. Yes, we will have a new body, but that's talking about now. That salvation experience involves a pure heart, a sprinkled heart, and a washed body. Okay? A living body. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. How do we hold fast? Is that just what we know and believe in our hearts and minds? No, that's holding fast and living it. And let us consider one another. Well, how do we do that? How can I consider you? Do I just have to listen to you long enough to know about you? That word consider means analyze. Let us analyze one another to provoke unto love and good works. Again, that that can't be just a function of the mind. That has to be what we believe coming out in how we live. Look to yourselves. Look to yourself, examine yourself individually, but look at one another and in love, provoke one another in love and good works. I believe that's what we do. Well, can I do that in a universal sense? Not if you keep reading. Can, can I be provoked in love and good works and, and just sit at home and watch Facebook messages all day and YouTube? Absolutely not. What does the Bible say? Did God get it wrong for 6,000 years until the Internet was invented? No. We're social creatures. We're, we're designed for social interaction, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. That word exhorting is not translated to pat one another on the head. No, that's to encourage, but also to throttle one another. And so much more as you see the day approaching. Is the day approaching more than it was 2,000 years ago? I submit it is. So when we are to look to ourselves, and back here in the text, look to yourselves. Yes, we're to look to ourselves and examine ourselves. I'm to examine myself in the Word of God. You're to examine yourself in the Word of God. But as a corporate body set aside under the covenant of baptism and authority of God Almighty, we are to look to ourselves and encourage one another, provoke one another in love and good works. Do you believe that the Lord could come back any second? Well, how well do you provoke and are provoked in love and good works? He says, and much more as we see the day approaching, we, we ought to increasingly be provoking one another in love and good works, looking to ourselves. Not less, more. There's a show that we watch on TV, Hoarders. Some of these people, are you all familiar with that show, Hoarders? Their houses are just packed from floor to ceiling, wall to wall. It's amazing how much stuff they can get in their houses. And some of these people, they can't so much as let go of a pack of gum without picking it up and looking at the ingredients and say, I might chew this one day, you know, that kind of thing. They look to it. 
You go to the grocery store and you find produce and, and you, you pick it up and you, well, I don't want this loaf of bread. You squeeze it, you smell it, all that stuff. No, I don't want this loaf of bread. I don't want this one. No, I don't want that one either. I want this one. You look to it. You examine it. You proof it. That's what he's talking about. Look to yourselves. Look to yourselves. You will not be satisfied as far as salvation goes by looking to yourself. He's talking to believers here. You're not so, you can't look to yourself unto salvation. But a child of God reasonably will look to themselves. And I recently got that, that motorcycle a couple months ago. You know, as I'm driving along constantly, Brother Gary, when you rode, tell me you didn't do this. Constantly riding along, looking in the mirrors, making sure somebody didn't creep up on me. <laughs> you know, because if you don't do that, you'll get run off the road. Look into yourselves. You know, turn, turning the radio down for a second. Do I hear anything? No? Okay. Go around, make sure the tires are okay before you even start it. Look to yourselves. Look to yourself. There's procedures. These 18-wheelers, before they even get inside the cab, they make a walk around. They're, they're, they're supposed to make a walk around their, their truck and around their, their, their trailer to make sure everything's okay because they don't want to blow out down the road. They, they look to themselves, don't they? And they're also monitoring their mirrors and so on. We're to do a lot more. When we gather, we're to do a lot more than simply just preach sovereign grace. We're to look to ourselves. This word, preaching it verse by verse, it's very provoking. It really is. There's some things I just, Sunday we were talking about abduction and trafficking. You know, how fun is that to talk about abduction and trafficking? But that's what the Bible, that's, that's what was in the Bible, Exodus chapter 21 and verse 16. You see, to examine ourselves, look to ourselves. He says that you lose that you lose. Look at this. Look to yourselves that we, that you lose not those things which we have wrought. Again, this is not salvation because you cannot lose your salvation. That's right. Can't lose it. That word lose is translated from a word that means destroy or put away, render useless, perish or ruin. Those things which we have wrought or labor or worked. So we also, we know it's not salvation because John and company, the, the elder and company, did not work out salvation in these people. He's not talking about salvation. But he said that, that you don't lose or perish those things which they labored or toiled after, that they engaged in. Well, what did they work? What did they wrought? In chapter in 2 John, verses 1 and 2 you can see that they spent significant time teaching them truth. Okay? And not your truth and my truth and, and everybody's truth, but truth according to the Word of God. Who is Jesus Christ? Who are you? What is salvation? And what does that mean in the lives of His people? The truth. The truth of the Word of God. You see, He's not rehashing what truth is in this book. He's not doing that. They know truth. He says, I love you in the truth, and not I only, but all those others that love in the truth. For the truth's sake, it dwelleth in us. Truth. So they were obviously well-grounded in truth. So look to yourselves that truth, not your version of truth or, or just things that you like, but, but truth. There are certain basic truths in the Word of God. And if you look, one of the biggest truths that you might find argument with people in your life, the biggest truth, uh, the biggest slap in the face to, to humankind is the truth of, hum, uh, of total depravity, right? So in the truth of total depravity, knowing that all have sinned and none, the truth of the matter is I can't earn a salvation. We also come to that conclusion in verse number eight, 
That he's not telling them that they are to look to themselves unto salvation, you see. But truth, according to God's word. God's word, as he expressed himself, is what truth is. Everything else is questionable, but God's word is not. It's true. Amen. Well, how else were they to look to themselves? If not, that God is the sole source of their conduct. How am I supposed to behave? Well, it's right here. What am I supposed to do? It's right here. What kind of people am I supposed to hang out? What kind of job am I supposed to have or not have? How am I supposed to handle my finances? How am I supposed to be a mom and dad and a husband and a wife? What am I supposed to do in this life, in society? What am I supposed to do? Truth the word of God, it's all right there. In verse 3, look to yourselves. Not that they could lose the gospel, but they would be persuaded otherwise. Look in verse 3. Remember in Galatians chapter 1, Paul said, Hey, look, I'm stunned that y'all are so removed from the gospel to another gospel, which is not another gospel, right? They, they weren't looking to themselves, and those things that they had come to know to be true, they no longer believed to be true anymore. But looking to themselves... They, they were grounded steadfastly in the gospel, in grace, mercy, and peace, according to the finished work of Jesus Christ. And those things, if you remember back in the study, it wasn't just what they knew, but how it played out in their lives. That they were people that, that, that in, their, in their knowledge, they were to look to themselves in grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ would be evident in their lives. How so? Verse 4. They were to look to themselves that, that they would lose not those things which they had, that they, John and company, had wrought unto that elect lady. Well, how would they know? Living in obedience. In verse 4, that's what he's saying. I rejoice greatly that when I taught you all that truth stuff, and I taught you, and, the whole, and God had saved you, and I taught you, and you're so well learned, and I was so happy to find out that the things that you had learned in the mind are played out in your lives. They didn't lose those things, did they? So when he says, look to yourselves, that you lose not those things which you have wrought, he's saying... Keep on keeping on. Don't lose heart. Don't lose sight of those things that you have learned. Being the children of God, keep doing those things. Keep living in obedience. Keep doing it. He, was affirm they, he affirmed them. Don't lose those things which we have wrought. Keep that old commandment that this is love, that we walk after his commandments. Keep on doing it. Keep on. What else did he teach them? Look to yourselves that we lose not those things, that you lose not those things which we have wrought. What has he said throughout this book, this letter? The elder unto the elect lady. Verse 5, now beseech the lady. Church truth. Well, some of these other things people have held on to, church truth has slipped quite a bit. There are some people that I know right now that they that the church that they're going... That, it's questionable of their beginning. Some people think they have good baptism. Other people don't think they have good baptism. The records are kind of misty a little bit. Oh, was it important, you know, that they received? You know, anybody not know what alien baptism? Raise your hand if you don't know what alien baptism is. Alien baptism. So if somebody came in and said, you know what, I'm I'm a member down here at the Church of Christ, but I'll believe everything you say. Alien, accepting alien baptism would be if I said, you know what, since you believe like us, that baptism's good enough. Come on in and join us. That is false. Right. We do not accept alien baptism. That's right. 
Okay, so if somebody comes in from down here, the Methodist or whoever, and says, you know what, I've been going down there, but I don't believe that stuff. I believe this. I want to join up with y'all. I would say, great. What's the pleasure of the church? You would say, yes, based on his profession of faith or her profession of faith, we, we should be a member. We go straight down to Village Creek and try to find a deep spot and baptize that person. We do not accept alien baptism, but some do. Some people, some groups didn't hold on to those things. Some groups have not held on to the plain and simple truths of the first couple chapters in the book of Acts. They let them slip. How terrible to, to lose that truth of, of church truth. And, and it's not about the church. The church is about Jesus Christ. Yeah. And baptism isn't about the church and notoriety and just trying to get numbers and that kind of stuff. It's about honoring the authority he left with one particular group. There's one particular group in this world that has authority to, to make a Big Mac and call it a Big Mac, right? There's one particular group in this world that has authority to broadcast the gospel, preaching, teaching, and baptizing. And they were to hold on to those things. Also, differentiation of deceivers, and we read that in verse 7. You know, distinguishing between a person who says they believe something, but there's no body of evidence to it. Again, Satan, he, he's met, he met Jesus Christ face to face, quoted scripture with him, didn't he? Didn't he exchange scripture with him? Oh, he must have been such a godly entity. No, he's Satan. Deceivers, antichrists, those that don't believe Jesus Christ came in the flesh, they, they, they don't believe there's any bodily evidence of him, in other words. Only, only by the mouth. They only think that their salvation is what they know. But John is saying, no, look to yourselves. Look to yourselves that there aren't any deceivers among you, that there are, there is no antichrist. There is none that believe that their knowledge is their salvation. Look to yourselves to know that, that, that in, according to the gospel of Jesus Christ and by the truth of the word of God, you're to live in obedience through his assembly that has continued and will continue until the end of the age. And that but through obedience, according to the commandment, that you love God and love your neighbor. And then you have the, 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 the spiritual intellect to detect deceivers who go out to destroy. They are indeed antichrist. In short, John is telling them in verse 8 to trust the Lord and to do what he says. Look at this again. In James chapter 2. James chapter 2. Look back at James chapter 2. And begin reading with me. You know, the... Think about what he said, has said up to this point in, in 2 John, and look at the contrast of what we read in James chapter 2. Begin reading with me, please, if you would, in verse 14. What doth the prophet, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works, can faith save him? You think, oh man, we're saved by faith. No, you're saved by grace through faith. Sorry. And what is, what is faith? It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. When I was on that trial, they they didn't want hearsay. They didn't want speculation. They wanted evidence. This is the call that was made. This is the time that it was stamped. This is when the EMT arrived. Well, I thought I heard this inside. No, there is no I think I heard it inside. It's what happened, you see. Evidence. Evidence. If a brother or sister be naked, and destitute of daily food. And one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled. Now, 
something's going on. Instead of actually living out our profession, we just shrug our shoulders and say, Lord willing. Notwithstanding, you give them not those things which they are needful to the body. What do the prophet? Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. A profession or even a mindset but might be able to say a whole bunch of stuff, but without evidence, without the looking to without the examination there is dead. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Oh, I believe in God. Okay. Let me just let me just examine your life for a little while. Prove it. You know, how can somebody prove it? There are some Baptist churches still that have what they call a probation period. Somebody comes and says, I want to be a member. I say, okay, well, we'll take that under consideration. And they just let them live with them for a while. Let them, let them come in and, and, okay, you know. That's what they did to Paul, right? They, they held him at a distance because they thought he might kill him. There was observ- observation there. Thou believest that there is one God. Oh, man, he believes in God. He says so. Thou doest well. The devils also believe in tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? That How many times is James going to say it? How do we know? Look to yourselves. Look to yourselves. He said in chapter 1, remember about, about the looking in the mirror? Faith without works is dead. Was not Abraham our father justified by works, meaning his works proved him? When he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar, seest thou how faith wrought or worked his, with his works? And by works was faith made perfect. We know how much he believed by how he behaved himself. And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. It was credited to him, it was granted unto him under righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see how then that by works a man is justified, not, not, okay, let's be careful here. In Romans it says that we're justified by the blood of Jesus Christ before God. What he's saying here is the works are the proof of the inner work of God. That's what he's saying. And not by faith only. He's not saying not by faith, but not by faith only. What is the definition of faith? It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Likewise, likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way. For as the body without the spirit is dead, that word spirit, if you don't have it marked in your body, I would encourage you to mark it next to that word. That word spirit is breath. You walk by a dead body, it ain't breathing. They call it vital signs for a reason. If you're not breathing, you're dead. For as the body without the spirit or breath is dead, so faith without works is dead also. I've been around when people die. And I know what it looks like and what it means when somebody ain't breathing anymore. That's a certain thing. This isn't hyperbole or exaggeration. He's saying a body that ain't breathing, it's dead. A person that says they love the Lord and there's no accompanied works with that, dead, dead. So the Gnostic renders knowledge as, if you go back to our text, if someone says that they love truth but can't be found walking in it, then that person is Gnostic. They believe that their salvation is secured by their knowledge. And what does John say in verse 8? Look to yourselves, examine yourself, that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. That word lose, again, lose, means to ruin, 
render useless, destroy, or put away. A person who thinks or has knowledge of salvation, they think they have knowledge of salvation, but there is no accompanied outcome of that. Looking to themselves, there's not evidence of salvation, a change. Then they're saying that that knowledge is pointless. It's rendered useless. Okay? So think about this. For the past few years, we've planted a garden. Now, I'll go out there and I'll measure it, right? I'll put up the stakes. I'll till it up. We even plant, yet we're pretty miserable at tending or working that garden. I admit that. We're pretty miserable at that. We don't water it, feed it, fertilize it, don't make sure, none of that stuff. And not looking to it, we lose those things which we have wrought. So if a person has knowledge all only, and they don't look to it as a person will look to their garden, it's like that man that looks in the mirror and walks away and forgot what manner of man he was. You see it? He's encouraging them to sure themselves up. Look to yourselves. Many think themselves believers, but they have no spiritual garden. He's telling these people to assure themselves in the work of God and examining the work of God in them, that they lose not those things which were wrought. Those things wrought again by John and company. He's talking to believers here, and we know that because he says in the contrast, but that ye receive, that ye receive a full reward. Uh, receiving that was promised, but full or lacking nothing, the reward, the wages, the higher. Again, we know that we're not talking about salvation. This is a reward not of salvation, but reward of those works because of salvation, you see. Because of living in grace and mercy and peace. Because of walking in truth and and loving and walking after his commandments. Because of loving that truth and loving Jesus Christ and walking it, living it. This speaks particularly of the rewards of God which he bestows upon his faithful and obedient children. You see? So here, children of God, there are there is a full reward. To be had. And because he says, ye or you receive a full reward, whose responsibility is it? Is it God's fault if you don't get a full reward? Let me ask it that way. Is it God's fault if you don't get Lex, is it God's fault if you don't get a full reward? No. Look to yourselves that you lose not those things which we have wrought, but that you receive a full reward. Whose responsibility is it to desire to receive a full reward before God? Raise your hand if you think it's your responsibility. It sure is. It's your responsibility. What did Jesus Christ say? Take up your cross and follow me. He sure did. We're going to cover rewards and crowns and all that stuff, and we covered them not long ago. We're going to cover them again soon. But think about this, reiterating. It's the Lord that saves through the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's no doubt about that. The Lord saves through the gospel of Jesus Christ in his gospel alone. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. You cannot add to it. There's nothing. If you, all you had to do was sneeze, you'd find a way of ruining it. There's nothing you can do to save yourself. The Lord saves. The Lord reveals truth. They're talking about truth in verses 1 and 2. It's the Lord that reveals truth. It's not because you're so smart or I'm so smart. The Lord reveals truth. 
The Lord added daily such as should be saved into his assembly. He puts every member in particular where he wants them. Who who, who did that? The Lord did that. Who who, who, who uh, just wonderfully provident, and providentially caused it to be the case that we'd be members of his assembly? That's the Lord's doing. It's the Lord that grants obedience. Look, if you would please, just for a second, 1 Corinthians in chapter 15, it's the Lord who does it. I don't want you to come away with thinking that, 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 that we should be taking credit for any of this stuff. It's the Lord who does it. That's right, brother. But we are responsible. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Look at what Paul says to these people. In verses 7 through 10. 1 Corinthians 15, 7 through 10. After that... He was seen of James and of the apostles. And last of all, he was seen of me also as one born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles, that I am not meet to be called an apostle, because I am I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And by his grace, which he bestowed upon me, it was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. See, it was his grace. It was not a vain grace. And Paul said, yeah, I did these things, but it was his grace that did it. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. But God didn't send, send some ghost or apparition. Paul. Paul did it. You go out and talk to somebody on the road. Talk to somebody at your work, your neighbor, whatever. You talk to them about the loving kindness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the grace of God that enables you to do it, but guess what? You're responsible to do it. You see? So when he says that you lose not a full reward, yes, it's God Almighty all along the way that grants grace and mercy and saves and adds and all that. Still, the believer is responsible. Look to yourselves that you lose not those things which we have wrought, but that you receive a full reward. The Lord counts it unto his people for reward for doing those things which he granted and permitted and gave unto us to do. That's pretty amazing stuff. And the Lord loves and is joyful to do it. Go back one page, if you would please, to the book of Jude. Verse 24, look at this. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling... Adam, what keeps you from falling? Who keeps you? Do you keep you from falling? God keeps you from falling. God keeps me from falling. It's He. It's His glory. Look at this. Now unto Him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of His glory. He does all the work and He does it with exceeding joy. It says. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Amen. Where, where are my accolades in there? They're not to be found. But go back to our text. But that ye may receive, that ye receive a full reward. You get a full reward or a full compensation by God. For being nothing more than a vessel of mercy. Vessel of mercy cut from that vile lump of clay for his good pleasure. How about that? It's pretty great. But there's also a warning there. Again, hear that warning. In disobedience, he says we or you would lose or perish or ruin or destroy labors in hope of a full reward. 
and not looking to ourselves. That's how you do it. You want, to, you want the express lane for not receiving reward before God? Don't examine yourself and hate being examined. That's the express lane. Don't look to yourself. No, no, no. Don't look to yourself. Don't, don't, don't desire to be examined. Don't, don't be uh, uh, desire to be considered. And selfishly, don't consider anybody else. Don't analyze anyone else. Doesn't that sound awful? Raise your hand if you don't want a full reward. Okay. Raise your hand if you do want a full reward. I got some. Great. So you want a full reward? Look to yourself. Look to yourselves through the Word of God. And that's what we're doing here tonight, and that's what we do every time we gather, is look to ourselves. And it should be it should be a group thing, but it should also be a private thing. And we should desire those things. And the reward, think about this, the reward also, what's going to happen to that reward? What's it going to happen? It's going to be cast at the feet of God. There in Revelation chapter 4. It's not a proud thing. It's a God-honoring thing. Look to yourself to live a God-honoring life so that in the world to come you can cast that honor at His feet. And disobedience, we ruin those things. You know, it talks about in Revelation how uh, uh, tears will be wiped away. Well, it's not because I miss Grandma's biscuits and that kind of stuff. I believe it's the shame that I feel because I did not live the life that I should have before God Almighty. There were missed opportunities. There were missed opportunities. Missed opportunities to witness. Missed opportunities that, in looking to, uh, looking toward uh, myself through the Word of God, that that uh, that I didn't live that life that I ought. I rather pursued after different idols than rather examine myself through the Word of God. I believe that's what those tears are all about. Seeing the splendor of God Almighty in that brief moments, however long it lasts, seeing what what a waste that we had in our lives. Well, child of God, look to yourselves. Look to yourselves through the word of God that we lose not those things which we have brought, that, that have been preached unto you and labored unto you, but that you receive a full reward. The Lord doesn't lead in temptation, lust, or rebellion. It says in James that he, he's not tempted, neither he tempteth he any man. And First John, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and pride of life in chapter 2, those things aren't of God, that's of the world. They perish, the things of God don't perish. The Lord doesn't lead in sin. It's never God's fault that I'm disobedient, nor is it ever God's fault that I lose reward. But every time, it's the grace of God that works in us unto reward. How wonderful. Living in disobedience, we lay our rebellion at the Lord's feet. Well, if the Lord wanted more rewards, He'd have me, bore, me, bore, me be, He'd have me be more obedient. What if my son said that? Oh, if, if my dad wanted me to just be a better child, he, he, would, he would have me be more obedient. Well, what would I do as a parent? Escalating, escalating uh, uh, punishment, right? I want you to be more obedient. I want you to be more obedient. Okay, well, now it's going to escalate more obedient. And then there's going to be a, come a point where I'm really going to get his attention. So for one to say, well, I would be more obedient if the Lord would just, you know, make me be more obedient. Make your calling and election sure if that's your attitude. Living in disobedience, all of us attempt to say, well, Lord, it's, if, if you were just more gracious, I'd be more obedient. That's a, dangerous, that's a dangerous life to live. John encouraged the church, this elect lady, that by examination, don't, 
to, to don't put the teachings to ruin by being disobedient. That's what happens. He's saying don't put the teachings to ruin by being disobedient. In school, did that ever happen to you? You sat in lecture or whatever, and the teacher just taught and taught and taught, and you were watching the butterflies outside, and then she said, okay, now shut your books, it's test time. You put the teachings to ruin by being irreverent and disobedient in class. How much greater the things of God? To receive a full reward of God, trust Him according to His word in the gospel, of course, by the power of God, and do what He says. You look in the book of Luke, he talks about a, a faithful servant. Well, who's the faithful servant? It's the one that when the Lord came back, he found him watching, right? Hand on the door handle, open, ready to go. Where are we going, Master? Receive a full reward. To do otherwise would be to wing it, having knowledge and not obey and lose reward. And that's, again, that's a dangerous life to live. This life. Brother Gary, how, how quick does his life go? Uh, it doesn't. You're on the downhill, huh? Well, stuff starts falling about about 35, in case nobody knows that. The, the warranty runs out about 35. What a shame it would be to lift up your eyes in glory and say, Wow, I had, I, perhaps I was saved as a child. And how much reward has been lost? I would encourage you. Look to yourselves today. Today. I believe that, that Samson is in Hebrews chapter 11 only because of what he did in his death. Because you can't find anything in his life that, was, that you would say, well, what a, what a faithful man. Some people argue that he was saved that last day of his life. I don't know. Wouldn't it be wonderful? Wouldn't it be wonderful that the, the, the children of God would look to themselves and desiring for the glory of God, that we hold fast unto those things which have been delivered and live it, that for the glory of God we receive a full reward and cast it straight at His feet for the glory of God Almighty. Consider that a Gnostic rebel also is not a saved person. Look in verse 7 again. For many deceivers are entered into the world. People that think there is no bodily outcome of the work of God and salvation. There is nothing in the body. For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Well, they're just confused. Bible uses strict language here, deceiver and antichrist. If someone finds it obnoxious to examine themselves and be examined. What's the Bible say? Don't listen to what I say. What's the Bible say? It's wise in looking to ourselves to speak to every creature as though they are Gnostic. What? Yeah. Because in our, in our world, there's a whole bunch of people that, oh yeah, I believe, I'm a believer, I'm a believer, I'm a believer. Talk to every one of them like they only have a head knowledge. If they are a child of God, through the Spirit of God, that will be a form of them looking to themselves and considering themselves, and they will be sured up and, and 
And by the grace of God, you can help them receive a full reward. And if it exposes them that they're a deceiver and an antichrist, they might get good and mad, but that's okay. You surely don't want to find yourself with verse 11 in them. Look, for he that biddeth him God's feet is a partaker of his evil deeds. You surely don't want to be a partaker of the evil deeds of a, of a Gnostic person. No. Consider them. Those that, and I would say we're to look to ourselves in these things. So I, even among ourselves, we, you know, provoke one another. It's good. It's good to do that. In love, he says in love, and this is love, that we walk after his commandments. It's a loving thing to do that. It's not a, it's not a hateful thing to do that. It's a loving thing to do that. That's right. It would be a loving thing for you to expect me to walk after the commandments of God. That's a loving thing and hold me to it. It's a loving thing likewise for me to hold you to it. I encourage you to look to yourselves. Look to yourselves in truth according to the word of God, verses 1 and 2. Look to yourselves according to the gospel. Make your calling and election sure and see that those things according to the gospel, that grace, mercy, and peace would also flow in your lives. Look to yourselves that you are living lives of obedience. Look to yourselves that you are walking it, not just talking it, walking it, verses 5 and 6. Look to yourselves in church truth. Again, that is that is not a... not. That is not an essential thing unto salvation, but it is a major thing in the New Testament how the Lord moves in his assembly to promote his gospel. So look to yourselves in church truth. I'll reiterate that as well. You might say you're sound on church truth, but this new age stuff of the Internet, I tell you what, it surely does promote a universal body, doesn't it? It provokes a Gnostic view of the Lord's assembly. It's a dangerous time. It really is. Oh, I can't make it to the assembly? I'll just put something on the internet. It's a dangerous time. Oh, I, I don't have to go over there. Lex asked me just the other day about if somebody, if they should I'm be listening. I'm connecting to the internet. Check. If that person should be listening to online sermons, and I, I said I recommend no. Well, why not? Because we're designed to be social creatures. And if they're receiving things on the Internet to satisfy something, then there won't be a burning desire. There won't be a burning desire to, re to be assembled with the Lord's people. You see how that could happen? I know people that have done that for years. Well, I'll just sit at home. And back when people had like cassette tapes and stuff, I'll just sit at home. I'll listen to a tape. That's the same. No, it's not. Don't let these things slip. And also, I encourage you to look to yourselves in differentiating and deceivers, and 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 meaning don't don't believe everybody says they're a child of God, because lots of people say this. What James say? You show me your faith without works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. Well, how do people evidence their faith? Well, somebody wants somebody says, oh yeah, I believe. What what's our next expectation? Present yourself before the assembly. Declare your salvation. Live among us. That's pretty harsh. You're drawing a lot of lines there. I'm just telling you what the word of that, that's just the outline so far that we've made it in Second John. That's what he's talking about. I didn't. That's what he's talking about. And sure, the simplicity is that the children of God is to trust the Lord and do what He says, and it plays out in our lives. These should be no strange new teachings at all. This shouldn't be anything new. In God Almighty, we're to look to ourselves that we lose not those things which have been wrought. Say, so when, I, when I look back, 
I've had several great mentors and pastors that have taught really great things and how these things apply in our lives. But what if I just disregarded all that stuff and started my own new thing? I'd be in jeopardy of not receiving a full reward, wouldn't I? Why is it that church after church after church was made, that the Lord made that chain link succession and like begets like? Why is that? Because the apostles' doctrine, Acts chapter 2, that Christ gave, Luke chapter 24, I believe has been handed down throughout time. That's right. I really believe that. So if we, okay, so when I'm teaching, guess what? In the back of my mind, partly I'm teaching the Sovereign Grace Baptist Church of Silsby, Texas, 2,124. 100 years from now, whatever group is still here, those teachings, they're not my teachings, they come from the Word of God, but maybe see some of these young men will be old heads and they'll teach some young men and those young men will be teaching young men just like what Paul told Timothy. Right? Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, that have been taught and handed down, but that we receive a full reward. Also, you look back and you add all that stuff up. You think about how precious it is to be a member of the Lord's assembly. How many people are eligible of all time to receive a full reward? What well, has to be of that number that were members in the Lord's assembly, doesn't it? You can't be, you can't receive a full reward. Now, Abraham received his reward, is what it says, and, and, and those in the Old Testament, they had their reward. But a full reward can only be had by being a, a faithful member of the Lord's assembly and serving him, living an obedient life according to the truth of the word of God because of the mercy, peace, and grace of God Almighty and Jesus Christ and his gospel. That narrows it down quite a bit. Thank God. Thank God. He is so merciful. Amen. Look to yourselves. Look to yourselves that, we, that you lose not those things which we have wrought or have been wrought, but that you receive a full reward. So, you know, there is a full reward for you. Jesus Christ paid the full reward for his people. Listen to the full reward of the sin in Revelation chapter 20, verse 11. I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose earth faced the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was no place found for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things were written in the books according to their works, every last one of them. There will be a full reward in judgment for those outside of Jesus Christ. The reward for the believer, again, God does all the work, and it's the grace of God. Paul said again, I am what I am by the grace of God. And by the grace of God, he grants a reward unto those that did not marry any of it, but were simply used as a vessel by God's hand. But these that receive the full reward of their own sin do so, and they deserve every last bit of it, every, every second of judgment they deserve it. The cure is the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. You hear that? The extremes of full reward as it goes to salvation. The full reward of sin is the judgment of God. And the full reward of the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ 
is everlasting peace in the presence of God. Isn't that an extreme? Sure is. You cannot earn. The only full reward you can earn is that of judgment. The full reward of salvation is purchased in and only in the person of Jesus Christ, how that he died for the ungodly. He took the place of sinners. And I don't want you to hear this as a Gnostic, just agreeing that he was a person and he died for sinners. By the power of God, may you look to yourself and see your desperate need personally, how guilty you are before God, how wondrous it was that Christ took the wrath of God upon him. And may it be you're granted by the power of God to believe that he died for you, the just for the unjust. It would be his power. Do you see your need? Do you see your need? Well, in looking to yourself, sinner, I would only desire you to see yourself as truly ruined, vile, and unacceptable before God. In losing, look to yourself. All you can do is lose or perish because of yourself, and you would receive that full reward. No, again, hear, hear please, plainly. Salvation is in the gospel. May the Lord bless the preaching of his word.